Welcome to Famous with Kate and Liz. We are back. We're back with a celebrity edition, a little bonus activist activity, if you will. Yes, we love celebrities and we love activists. So there's a lot of really, I mean, (laughs) you know, what I love is a celeb who has all the money and resources in the world, but chooses to use that to help other people instead of just making themselves richer. Thank you. Exactly. And that's my thing. It's like all of us normies, like non-celebrities, I think everyone is like, oh my God, if I had that money, like I would give it to this and that organization, like, right? I love the term normie. I had not heard that. (laughs) You've never heard the term normies? Yeah. We're normies, Liz. You're a normie. I'm a normie. We're normies. I obviously thought I was like some kind of celebrity. (laughs) Oh, I identify as me. (laughs) Oh my God, hysterical. So, yes, we, I mean, we do love these celebs for actually at least pretending to try like doing something. But last week I covered John Muir. So we did kind of the environmental um, activism, which I'm sure we will touch upon later in the episode too, um, sooner and later. Um, So, oh, also we're covering a new series next week. So if you have any suggestions, please, please, please DM us um, on Instagram at Famous Kate and Liz, Kate with C, or email us. Uh, famous Kate and Liz at gmail.com. Um, just let us know what you want us to deep dive into. It's been tough. I feel like we've covered so many famous things. Like I can't think of anything more famous to cover. But <laughs> I what are more famous things? <laughs> I there know. are more. We'll go, we'll look into anything, like any deep dive. We love the rabbit hole of it all. Absolutely. So yeah, drop us a line. Let us know what you want us to cover. Um, but yeah, okay. Famous activist celebrity edition. Um, uh, we don't normally do this, so you know it's new for us to add, tack on a celebrity edition to some of our uh, series. But um, I think it's warranted this time. So, should we just yeah. get into it? I think we should uh, get our snorkels on and take a little scuba dive into God. What a, what a woman. Ah, yes. Okay. We have to start with the one, the only Miss Jane Fonda. That's right. I feel like I should stand up and like salute something. (laughs) Yes. We should all pay my mugshot power to the people (laughs) right now. Everyone in unison. (laughs) Yes. So classic. Classic. I mean, Yes, when I when she's the first person who comes to mind when I really think of like a true celebrity that is an activist um, who, you know, came from a very famous line of families like Henry Fonda, you know, she had all the resources and whatnot, you know, in the world and really has chosen to use her voice over the past, I don't know, like 50 years just to fight for people's rights. Yeah, um, like at know. least 50 years, probably. At least. I got all my info from Time magazine online. If you Google Jane Fonda activism, they have like a great um, article that just like highlights all just her activism stuff. So 
feel free to jump in, but I'm basically just going to like read that article because it was um, hit all the high points, you know? I love that. I love when you can find an article that really just like needs to be revisited and like you are doing that. So thank you. And you know what? Time magazine should thank you because you're doing the Lord's work and telling way more people all of our tens of thousands of listeners. Yeah, I was like, way more people listen to this than read time. I don't know. But... <laughs> yeah, no, I would like you to DM us if you don't personally know me or Liz. <laughs> if you don't personally know us, DM us on Instagram because there's literally no way someone's listening to this who doesn't know us. <laughs> Exactly. This is basically um, a podcast for our friends, and <laughs> and we love you guys. <laughs> so yes, love you, love you. Yeah. Okay. So we all probably know Jane Fonda's work from. Well, maybe we don't, but I'm not going to assume from like opposing the Vietnam War. She's also been a vocal opponent of the last guy who was president, um, Trump, and. Um, yeah, it's been like half a century, 50 years of activism, um, but she's probably best known for her controversial connection and stance with the Vietnam War, so we'll get into that. Um, but, you know, she's fought for civil rights, women's rights, environmental rights. She's done it all. Done it all. She really practices what she preaches, too. And I think because she came from, uh, she's like a Nepo baby, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. Um she probably saw that like, oh, if you're like a white rich person, you can do whatever you want. And like, you know, she gets arrested, boom, back out, like acting again. Like nobody cares that she like, okay, you're fighting for actually like a good thing. Yeah. Whatever, like more people need to do that. Yeah, we need allies like her that do have the resources and the privilege yes. and to use that. Yeah, they're the ones who should be out there. Absolutely. Like, yeah, anyway, you could. Yeah, um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Jane's time in the 60s and 70s, obviously very tumultuous time in our country. Um, so Jane Fonda was actually pregnant and living in France in 1968. Um, and she was kind of just like not super involved um, with activism then, but she saw the rising social and political movements happening around the Vietnam War and the civil rights demonstrations in the US. And that actually inspired her to return home and leave France and like jump into activism. She was like, I, I can't be here watching like my country go through all this. Like I need to go back home and and be part of it, you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, leaving the French countryside, like, she did that. Okay, (laughs) you know. Um, Queen, queen. During this period, she was under surveillance by the government because she was a big supporter of the Black Panthers, and she held fundraisers in her home. She also campaigned on behalf of Angela Davis, who we covered in our first episode, and she visited her in prison in 1971. Um. So again, fundraising, that's what they need, you know, like she can do that. She has influential connections. Um, yep. Yep. She's it's all- really a wonder that she didn't wind up assassinated, honestly. I, 
seriously oh my gosh and just like the government surveillance during this time like I just saw a headline today that was like Aretha Franklin was under surveillance for 40 years like what the fuck do you think oh. we're gonna do <laughs> like how about we put everyone in our government under surveillance how about that <laughs> yeah seriously um, she also was very vocal and a big supporter of Native American causes. Um, so when the activist Bernie White Bear led a Native group to occupy Fort Lawton in Seattle in response to the the, the state's like declining reservations, um, reservation like territory, you know, home area, and um, that was in 1970, she showed up to help Bernie White Bear um, bargain for his rights with the government. She also showed solidarity when um, Native Americans occupied Alcatraz prison in San Francisco from 1969 to 1971 by visiting the protesters. I think we talked a little bit about that on one of our episodes. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. Actually, I think it was one not too, too long ago, um, because that feels more fresh in my mind. Yeah, for that's sure. Cool. Yeah, she was going to Alcatraz, stand, like literally standing side by side and protesting with them. Um, and like, you know, around this time, 1970 is when um, she became really heavily involved in the movement to end the Vietnam War. Um, she had already been arrested once on suspicion of drug trafficking after returning to the U.S. from um Canada, where she spoke in an anti-war demonstration, and that is the mugshot that everybody knows of her, like, holding up her fist and just being oh, a fucking badass. It's so good. Like, I'm just looking at it right now, and it's so good. Like, I can't even think, like, I'm trying to think of someone today, if they did that, like, the biggest star today, you know, like, if Taylor Swift, like, did that, I don't know. Yeah. I know. I'm like Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah. Like you like no one would, you know? Um, so yeah, like, okay. Vietnam, War. this is where like we have to focus because where she spent most of her energy and where all, a lot of the controversy was. Um, so in 1979, Jane toured North Vietnam where she spoke out against the U S military policy in the country. Um, she did a series of radio broadcasts where she appealed directly to American troops, asking them to consider their roles in the war. Um, and a, one of her messages revealed that she begged military pilots to seriously think about their orders, claiming that the U.S. was intentionally targeting the dike system in North Vietnam, um, which was a strategy that would have created a risk of flooding and famine for the residents there. Like, you know, the horrors of war. And so she was basically mm -hmm. like telling the servicemen, um, you know, to disobey their orders and have some morals of themselves, um, which is a tough position. You know, I'm sure a lot of people who were serving then were not, you know, all like for the war, you know, either. So um, anyway, okay. so the Washington, the government like disputed that they were like intentionally trying to target this dike system. Um to avoid like harming civilians. Um, and like this, these radio broadcasts and these protests, like really kind of came back to bite her with like the military community um, and friends and the government back home. Um, and like what shot her really into like infamy was an image um, that she has never been able to escape even today. 
And that was a picture of her during a tour. She is sitting on an anti-aircraft gun in Hanoi and she's making, and it looks like she's aiming the gun at American planes. So she has even said like, Oh, okay. I'm going to look this up too now. Yeah. She has said like today that she's like, feels awful about it. Like she wasn't thinking what the image looked like. It wasn't intentional. And that like, even today, like she is still apologizing for this image. Um, and so this, this photo is what like prompted the infamous nickname Hanoi Jane ever heard of it guys. And so that's kind of just what she became known as. Um, and a lot of people just suggested that her actions were treasonous and worthy of prosecution. Um, and like I said, like this image has dogged her today. She even like had a dispute with Megan Kelly, who's like not doing anything anymore but about this image yeah. a few years ago. So, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, the optics of things, but she was, actually- yeah, I mean, it doesn't look great. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, you know, but she was there and she was passionate. And I think a lot of times, like, yeah, you're just so into this cause that, you know, you're not thinking about the exterior. Um, Right. Yeah. And so she has said it was my mistake and I have paid and continue to pay a heavy price for it. Um, Yeah. She also met with prisoners of war and led protests and spoke out against Nixon during this time. Uh, She said it was very tumultuous and polarized time. There was a lot of anger and blame for myself. I didn't always know how to channel my anger in constructive ways. So exactly. Just like kind of getting caught up in the moment. Yep. Yep. I get it. I mean, God, when I start going about things, as we know, we've heard, we've heard the rants, we've heard the rants, but, uh, all the resources to kind of not be tethered back, right? Like she didn't have to be working a job. She didn't have to be like a full-time parent, you know, like all of that. And so I can just see like when you can fully throw yourself into something, how it can, it can just change. Um, and you know, it can be controversial. Um, so yeah, in the seventies and eighties is really when she brought her activism to film and her career. Um, so apart from being like a traditional protester, she used her position as a performer to also channel her rage. And during the late seventies and eighties, um, she was known for a series of films that, you know, kind of took on a more, um, more social, civil, political position, um, Ron Kovic, a Vietnam veteran who later became an anti-war crusader, um, and Jane Fonda, you know, became friends and she worked with him and that inspired her to make the movie Coming Home, which was about a woman, a wounded uh, war veteran, Vietnam veteran she meets and her husband who is in the Marines. And she said of the movie, the studios didn't want to make the film about the war. It took six years until we could finally get it made. Um, so she really advocated for like telling these stories. She also was behind the film, the China syndrome in which she played a reporter who discovers a nuclear power plant is masking safety hazards. And, um, that actually kind of came true because shortly after the film was released in 1979, the three mile Island nuclear accident happened. So she was almost like showing the world, like this is going to happen. And then it did. So, 
you know, that's just kind of crazy, but obviously she knew that that was like an issue people needed to be more aware of. And then unfortunately mm-hmm. it was a little too late. Um, let's see. Oh, and then of course, everybody's favorite. Uh, she also starred in nine to five with Dolly Parton and Lily Tomlin, such a good movie. And, um, she said that she's made that movie for working women everywhere. She said, and I quote, we dealt with all the issues, sexual harassment, unequal pay, the importance of flex hours, the importance of childcare. Um, so that movie like addresses all of those issues um, and is actually like yeah. a mystery too. It's a fun one. <laughs> yeah, it is. And we covered, we talked more in depth about that in another episode. Too. Yeah, the Dolly Parton episode probably we did. Um mm-hmm. And then who could forget that, like, in more in the 80s, Jane became a workout goddess, all right? Like, <laughs> we all know Jane Fonda's, like, workout tapes, exercise tapes. Um, she did this, like, um, also to, like, kind of fuel her activism, which is amazing. So she was deep in the throes of organizing with her then-husband, um, Tom Hayden, who was a prominent writer and activist as well. He was, um, if you guys ever saw that movie on Netflix, I think the, uh, what's it called? The Trial of the Chicago 7? <laughs> I can't remember what number is at the end. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like the main guy in it. So that um, actually became her husband. They eventually got married. But um, when she what he was running for a local election in California and needed money. So she created her massively successful home video about working out. So, and that helped fund. So, I mean, so genius, so genius. It's amazing. So yeah, that's what um, funded his campaign and helped, um, helped him along And then more recently, you know, younger people might remember that in 2016, um, as thousands of people gathered for months to protest the building of the Dakota Access Pipeline at Standing Rock, um, Jane Fonda spent her Thanksgiving there alongside the protesters. Um, Yes, I remember that. mm -hmm, She's also been very influential, um, you know, in recent years about the environment and against climate change. And she started the Fire Drill Fridays initiative with Greenpeace. Um, and that was inspired by Greta Thunberg, the youth climate activist, um, as well as Reverend Barber's Moral Mondays and Randall Robinson's daily anti-apartheid protests. So um, in 2019, she took this inspiration, she packed it up and moved herself to Washington, D.C. to be at the epicenter of the fight for our climate. And every Friday, she led demonstrations on Capitol Hill to demand action by political leaders um, to address the climate emergency. And she was arrested, I think, several times during these protests as well. Um, yeah, pro- I remember, remember the-, the photos like with Ted dancing, right? Yeah, and, like, she is holding up her hands and the zip ties and sticking out her tongue, <laughs> like... Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those pictures are great. And there was, like, a couple other actors yes. who were, like, there all the time, too, and just, like, getting arrested, like, every day. Yeah, but she's not living in L.A. She's not living in New York. She's, like, I'm nope, there to be there. Um, you know, I think those kind of died down as the pandemic started. I know they were trying to do like some virtual stuff for a while, so I'm not quite up to speed on 
the Climate Journal Fridays right now. Um, but she, Jane was also just recently diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So that could be, you know, impacting some of her activism. Um, but, you know, it, she felt like it was like a non-threatening form of cancer and that she was going to be okay. And yeah, she, it seemed in, positive. In, so yeah. she's in her eighties. Like, and this woman is, I mean, obviously she's an exercise queen, so she's going to live to be 200, but, <laughs> but like, yeah. You know, not slowing down at all. Um, and if you want to like learn a little bit more about her, there was this documentary on HBO, which I haven't seen yet, but I really want to call Jane Fonda in five acts, um, that interviews her as well as like influential people in her life. And in the documentary, her son, uh, Troy Garrity says of her activism, she won't stop. She's on a mission. This intent to do well keeps her demons at bay. So, you know, everybody does it for a reason. I don't know what Jane's demons are, but like she is channeling them into positive energy to just, you know, help our world be a better place. Yep. And we love her for it. We do. Follow her. Wow. That was great. Yes. I mean, there's. Oh my God. Watch a docuseries, but that's, you know. She's been kicking it and fighting the good fight for over 50 years, and God bless her. Yeah, I mean, seriously, good for her. And other celebrities need to take a page out of her book. And I think, actually, a celebrity who has probably looked to her as inspiration is none other than Miss Kim Kardashian. Lover or hater, lover or hater. We're going to talk about her activism. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know what? I feel like there's a lot of haters out there, but like in recent years, Kim has really come out as an activist. I mean, she's still getting rich. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> she is like using her money and her power and her influence for good too. Yeah. And I think probably similar to Jane Fonda is like, wait a minute, I can get away with so much more than like other people that I need to actually be a voice. Um, well, I somebody. think also maybe being just a celebrity for being a celebrity kind of gets a little boring after a while too. And, you know, she wants to do something that's long lasting. Yes. A hundred percent. No, I think that totally. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about her prison reform and clemency advocacy. So um, she's actually worked in the area of prison reform, advocating for the communication of the sentence of Chris Young and also Alice Marie Johnson, who is a woman um, who received a life sentence for a first time drug offense, which uh, I think we all can remember because this is like pretty recent. Um, but she was granted, uh, it was granted by Trump in 2018. Um, along with Van Jones and Jared Kushner, she was instrumental in persuading him to support the First Step Act, which enacted major reforms in the U.S. prison system. And Van Jones later stated that without Kardashian, the act would have never passed because it would not have received the president's support. So, like, if a hot woman suggests something, then he'll be like, okay, we'll listen to that. Yeah, do what she wants to do. 
but like, okay, you know, yeah. if anyone else Wanted with a brain. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. Um, so it was later passed by a great majority in the U S Senate. So, um, you know, Van Jones is coming right out saying like, yeah, it's literally because of her that this passed basically. Yeah. And that it was awesome. even like, yeah, yeah. He, he's, um, you know, he's an advocate and an activist also. Um, so in early 2019, she largely funded the 90 Days to Freedom campaign, which is an initiative to release nonviolent drug offenders from life sentences by attorneys Brittany K. Barnett and Miguel, oh, not Miguel, Mi, Mian, oh no. Is it on, on hell? Is that how you would say it? Oh, I don't know. Angel, <laughs> Cody. It's like angel. It's, oh, on hell, it yeah. It looks like my angel. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, like um, Angel. So, yeah, me on hell. Um, so this effort that they put together resulted in seventeen uh, persons being released under provisions of the First Step Act. Oh, damn. So she was wide. Oh. Yeah, seventeen. So she was widely credited for the success of the campaign in media headlines and commentary on her involvement ranged from praise to assertions that it was a public relations stunt, which, I mean, everything the Kardashians do, people say it's a publicity stunt, but it's like, if this is a publicity stunt, great. We should be all for this kind of public publicity stunt. Like, Absolutely. keep doing it. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, like, people would never even know who some of these, um, you know, wrongfully convicted people are or like just the injustice without public relations. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, and other people would criticize, you know, and say, Oh, she's taking the credit for work that she didn't do. Well, like, I don't think these people would just stand by and kind of let her take credit for something that. And she, paid I mean, if she, too. Exactly. She funded. <laughs> yeah. W without her money, it really wouldn't have gotten done. In a Facebook post from May 7th of that year, Barnett commented on the divisive and underfunded nature of the criminal justice reform space, saying, quote, Kim linked arms with us to support us when foundations turned us down. We and our clients and their families have a lot of love for her and are deeply grateful for her. So he's saying like kind of what we just said without her money, because no, none of these big, rich mm -hmm. CEOs who's, you know, well, they can't give money to this group because they're taking money from this place. And, you know, it's yeah. it's all political like well, in the end. And she's she's not a politician, so she yeah. can decide what she wants to put her money towards. And she gets shit done because uh, she can. Yeah. And funny where her mouth is like, really? And like yeah. if anybody watched the first season, I think, of the new Kardashians, like she's on the phone with like death row inmates, like talking to them. Yes. You know, like she doesn't have to do that, but she's like, yeah, you know, so. Yeah, that was so sad. She was like one of that guy's like last calls, you know, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so in early April 2022, Kardashian advocated for the clemency of Melissa Lucchio. Oh, no, is that how you say it? Remember Melissa Lucchio? It's not like Lucchio. I'm like, don't ask I don't know. how to pronounce things. I guess I just, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like when you, when you just like are so used to saying it one way in your head, like whether it's right or wrong, it's like the way you say it to yourself, you know? Yeah. So then I never bothered to like look it up and figure out the actual proper pronunciation. I'm so um, Okay, but she was, so, yeah. So um, she was the only woman of Hispanic descent on Texas's death row. Um, and she tweeted, I recently just, oh, Kim tweeted this about her. I recently just read about the case of Melissa Lucchio and wanted to share her story with you. She has been on death row for over 14 years for her daughter's death. That was a tragic accident. Lucchio is on death row for the abuse and death of her daughter, who was two years old. Kardashian deleted the series of tweets the same day. When Lucchio was granted a stay of execution on April 25th, a Kardashian celebrated on her social media channels. So, um, you know, they think that she, by, by her just literally making a Instagram story or whatever about her, got the word out enough. Cause I know I, I remember hearing about this and like even posting about it. Like this is fucking crazy. Like, it's an obvious mistake. When you read the facts of what happened, it was like, it was a tragic accident. And this woman was on death row and she had already been in prison for 14 years. Um, and I feel like, yeah, if something like that can happen now with Roe v. Wade overturned, we're going to have women who have miscarriages on death row, which is, you know, glad that at least maybe there's some other people like Kim Kardashian who are going to be there to support them. But, you know, it's it's just it's a rabbit hole. I don't need to get down there, but it's insane. I know it is. It is. Um, and in July 2022, she expressed support for the release and petitioned for rapper Gunna, who is uh, imprisoned without bond and charged with one count of violating the Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, which is otherwise known as RICO, mm. which I hear a lot about when I listen to Higher Learning, mm -hmm. a great podcast. Um so, yeah, so, and, you know, she's, she really, I don't know how she does it. Honest to God, <laughs> the things she does. I'm like, really, who are you? Like, we do not have the same amount of hours in the day. There's yeah. well, no possible way. Money buys you more hours. <laughs> I, I'm I guess that <laughs> is true. I mean, yes, obviously. That is true. But, I mean, she's also studying, you know, to become a lawyer. So she's like, wants to go down this pathway, you know, professionally. Yep. Yeah. Very impressive. So, you know, love her, hate her. She is an impressive woman and she's actually getting shit done. So bravo. Yeah. Bravo. I, you know, I got to support her for that because like my worst fear, one of them, 
okay, besides being buried alive, but my other worst fear is being uh, locked up, you know, being um, wrongfully convicted of something. And I think that should be everybody's oh worst fear. And if there is one person who is wrongfully convicted in this country, it's one person too many. And, you know. Yeah. And we know for a fact there's more than one oh. person. I mean, my God. Yes. Oh, way too many. It's it's insane. Um. So, yeah, I do love to see that she's, you know, found interest in that and is really supporting it. Yeah. So I'm going to throw it back to you for our okay. next celeb activist. Well, my other activist I wanted to talk about was another star of the golden age of Hollywood. Um, I knew a little bit about this man being an activist. I did not know how much of an activist he was. So it makes me really love him now. And I also just want to say, like, there's going to be a few parts in this where I go, don't even get me started. <laughs> don't even get me started. Yes. <laughs> usually, usually that's my thing, but yeah. I love this for you. I'm going to have to rein it in. Um, so I am talking about the legendary Marlon Brando. Um, I got a lot of this information from a website called I Love Ancestry. I don't know. It seemed to work. It seemed legit. Okay. <laughs> I love Ancestry, so I'm here for this. Yeah. Okay. So we all know him from like The Godfather, right? And other, you know, various roles like Stella and like, you know, just stuff like that. But Marlon Brando also spoke out against racism often and forcefully. He marched in demonstrations and again, he gave money to civil rights groups. Um, he pulled back, you know, and we'll get into it a little bit more in the 1960s professionally to focus more on the civil rights movement and the broader struggles against war and oppression. Uh, in 1959, he was a founding member of the Hollywood chapter of SANE, which is an anti-nuclear arms group, um, which was formed alongside black American performers um, like Harry Belafonte and Ozzie Davis. And he was very, very involved in the civil rights movement um, and began in the early 1960s. He contributed thousands of dollars to both the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, the SCLC, and to a scholarship fund established for the children of slain Mississippi um, and WACP leader Medgar Evers. Uh, oh, God, what a sad, sad story. Oof, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the SELC and the NAACP do amazing work um, that probably really benefited from his contributions. And by this time, he was, you know, a, a huge star in Hollywood. Um, but he chose to, like Jane Fonda, do films that carried messages about human rights, um, like the film Sayonara, which addressed interracial romance. Uh, the film The Ugly American, which depicted the conduct of U.S. officials abroad and its effect on citizens of foreign countries. Um, so he was, you know, bringing his activism to the screen as well and telling these stories that don't usually get made. Um, in 1963, he participated in the March on Washington arm in arm with James Baldwin and Harry Belafonte, James Garner, Charlton Heston, Burt Lancaster, and Sidney Poitier were also there. And also, wow. yeah, star, 
all-star cast, you know. Star-studded. <laughs> star-studded Marshawn Washington. But that I, must have been, like, the VIP section. Exactly. And I just don't <laughs> think we have, like, a group of celebrities that would be out doing that no. today. Yes, Jane Fonda and her Fire Drill Fridays had some celebs there, but, like, who are really going to just march and, like, risk your life, you know, too? And yeah. Just- like, <laughs> is Harry Styles going to do that? I don't think so. <laughs> Yes. Harry Styles and Taylor Swift arm in arm. Is the cast uh, uh, like marching on Washington? The cast of Don't Worry Darling gonna be doing that? I don't think so. (laughs) Dad, they should. They should. They need they need some god. Um exactly. So another uh, famous celebrity, Paul Newman and Marlon Brando also participated together in the Freedom Rides that went down to the southern part of the United States to desegregate uh, interstate bus lines. Um, and in defiance of another another great activist for um, Native American rights, uh, he defied a state law that um, was like a treaty against fishing in the well, I'm going to totally butcher this. I'm so sorry. The Pulleyup River, I think. Um, so yeah, he like this fishing with the leader of um, of that, you know, nation. And it was to protest some of these rights. Wow. Okay. Or sorry, to get these people rights, protest the denial of their treaty. Totally messed that one up. Um, but yeah, he was. Inspired. Oh, okay. I was like with you. I was with you on yeah. that. He was like inspired by the sit-ins, you know, of the civil rights movement, and so he was like, "I'm going to do this fishing um, to help the the uh, pulley up tribe." And um, after the 1968 assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, Marlon Brando made one of the strongest commitments he's done to furthering um, MLK's work. And he basically announced that he was bowing out of the lead role of a major film and would now devote himself entirely to the civil rights movement. Oh my God. I did not realize he was like so involved. Why do we not know about this? I mean, I did not either. So he said, if the vacuum formed by Dr. King's death isn't filled with concern and understanding and a measure of love, then I think we are all going to be very lost. Um, oh my God. Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So he announced that he was bowing out of the role um, of the movie, the, the arrangement. It was about to go into production. And so he was like, I quit. I have to dedicate myself to the civil rights movement. Um, wow. Yep. He gave money and spoke out in defense of the Black Panthers and counted Bobby Seale as a close friend. He attended the memorial for um, slain prison leader George Jackson. Um, And during this time, Southern theater chains boycotted his work. And um, Hollywood created what was became known as the Brando blacklist that shut him out of many big time roles, which he didn't want anyways. Okay, (laughs) he didn't want them. Yeah. Wow. They really tried to spin that one on him. Right. Right. Um, so like, of course the South is like, you know, boycotting his films. Um, the thing that I knew him the most for, and probably a lot of people were his, um, protest of the, uh, 45th annual Academy Awards in 1970. Yes. 
So during that broadcast, Liv Ullman and Roger Moore presented him with the Oscar for his performance in The Godfather. And um, Brando just said he was not going to attend the awards and refused to accept the Oscar. Instead, he asked American Indian, um, I think it's Seishin, I'm not sure, (laughs) Seishin Littlefeather, um, to represent him at the ceremony. And she appeared in full Apache clothing. She's an Arizona Apache. And she stated that Brando had asked her to refuse the Oscar um, due to the poor treatment of American Indians in the film industry. Um, And he just was not going to accept the award. Yeah. I mean, if you watch a movie from that time period, it, it it's like you can't even watch it with how they depict uh it's yeah like basically any any other group of anyone <laughs> like besides I, white cartoonish um appalling i mean yeah. it even hired native americans in the first place right you know right yeah, yeah. true yeah they usually just dress up a it's like you know how shakespeare would just dress up men and to mm-hmm. play women because heaven forbid a woman be allowed on the stage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so during this time, Little Feather, or during the broadcast, she was booed by many people in the audience. Um, it was a very controversial time because in 1973, the same year, uh, the standoff at Wounded Knee was occurring and there was just like rising tensions between the government and American Indian activists. So, you know, having Shasin... Little Feather come on stage um, really grabbed the attention and like of the U.S. and world media because like there was already all these tensions happening. Um, And this was considered a major event and victory for the movement by its supporters and participants. Don't even get me started. Apparently. Oh, God. John Wayne had to be restrained uh, in like the offstage part from going on and attacking her. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. What an absolute piece of garbage. Yeah. He's like the worst guys. Look into it. If he's you- like, um, an anti-activist. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Anti. We'll, oh. we'll cover him on our anti, anti episode. Famous anti celebrities. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, so he had to be restrained from physically attacking this woman for just standing up. Okay. Oh, you're so, wow, you're so cool, John Wayne. Such a freaking cow. You're so masculine. Yeah, seriously, I can't with him. Um, Anyways, so um, Brando is also known uh, for making very public, controversial statements that could be seen as anti-Semitic. So he has been outspoken saying like Hollywood is run by Jews and that's a reason why you never saw a negative depiction of them on screen like you do with other races. He did this Larry King interview where he said some, he just like talked about that and also used some like not politically correct terms for other races, but like to make a point, like, you know, these other Uh, races, I won't repeat the terms here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, Larry King, who is Jewish, was like, you know that when you say things like this, this opens you up to be, you know, lumped into anti-Semitic remarks. And he was basically like, no, like, it's not. It's like, you know, this is the way I see it, my experience, and I'll be the first one to say, like, God bless all the Jews, you know. So, like, I think he was just, the delivery wasn't great, you know, but I think it also 
you know, he did it and he made a point and it controversy gets attention, right? Right. And usually you have to hear something kind of controversial to even like have the conversation. Exactly. That's what you're, exactly. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he was formerly known as a supporter of Israel for a good amount of time. Um, but in later years, he became very critical of Israel and became a supporter of the Palestinian cause. Um, and in an interview with NBC's Today, one day after Brando's death, Larry King actually defended Brando's comments, saying that they were blown out of proportion and taken out of context. So even... Um, okay, side, I have a side note question. Yeah. Is Larry King still alive? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I know he died of COVID, remember? Didn't he die of COVID? Yeah. Wait, what? What? Yeah. Like, he died during COVID, of COVID, I'm pretty sure. But he was already really old, you know, so. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, yes. Oh, died the day after my birthday. Yes. Oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Wow. Yeah. I just remember him, I mean, seeing him 10 years ago and thinking, how is this man, this little frail man, <laughs> still alive? Like, with his little suspenders. Oh, my God. Well, interviewing. One of the great interviewers of our time. Um, yes, R.I.P. Larry King. Um, so, yeah, the reason I wanted to talk about Marlon Brando and look into this more just for my own education is because you may have seen some recent headlines in the past few months about Sasheen Littlefeather getting an apology from the Academy Awards, um, which, you know, came just a uh, half a century too late, but... <laughs> You know. <laughs> yeah, better late than never, I guess. I guess she's still around to get it, you know. So she was actually um, invited as a guest of honor for the Academy for an Academy Awards event, um, not the actual Academy Awards, but like you know they have all these like events like leading up to it. Um, okay. And so like in this past year, or sorry, past month on September seventeenth, she got the apology. So I actually thought she was going to get the apology at the Academy Awards, which I think is really where she should have gotten it. So I will. Yeah, main stage. Right. Like prime time, actual. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I so I'll be very interested to see if this year they like do anything to acknowledge her or anything like that. But so she, you know, it was a formal Academy event. Um, and of the apology, she said, I was stunned. I never thought I'd live to see the day I would be hearing this um, or experiencing this. She's 75 now. And she told The Hollywood Reporter, when I was at the podium in 1973, I stood there alone. You know, like she had no no support there. Um her 62nd plea for justice for Native Americans at the 1970 Oscars uh, resulted in immediate and enduring personal backlash. Oh, my so, God. I bet. I'm surprised she even went back with yeah. all that trauma. Totally. So, like I mentioned, John Wayne, asshole, had to be, like, restrained from physically attacking her. And then as recent as 2012, Dennis Miller, the comedian, don't even get me started. I don't even really like his comedy. <laughs> he no, mocked Elizabeth Warren by calling her, you know, Elizabeth Warren. It came out. She said she had Native American ties in, in her family, in her ancestry. And Dennis Miller responded in, I think, one of his stand-up things 
you know, I'm all for stand up and freedom of speech and all that and making fun of things, but not in like a super hurtful, disgusting way like this. He said that Warren is as much of an Indian as that stripper chick Brando sent to pick up his Oscar. (laughs) Oh, that's not even funny. It's not even funny or accurate or anything, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, uh, not funny. Sorry. His Oscar. She refused it for him. And why is she a stripper? Because she was wearing her Apache traditional, you know, dress like what? Because she's a woman. Like you got a boner. Because you got a boner when you saw her. So she's a whore. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Don't even get me started. Like, okay, I- Dennis Miller. <sighs> and so a little feather who had she had actually acted in a few films before this incident, um, infamous moment. Um, she says that the federal government tried to shut down any talk shows or productions that put her on the air as well. Which oh is my not- god. Yep. Great. Um, that sounds fair. Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. Let's just run her out. Of meanwhile, that. meanwhile, we have look at any number of these news channels and these pundits we have on air 24 oh. seven spewing blatant lies and misinformation. But like, let's have this woman interviewed to let us know what it's really like for the Native Americans in this country that we completely have taken full advantage of and like we are just shutting them down at every like possible way i don't even know no group has suffered more you know like yeah like for doing nothing for just living here yeah for literally just living Ugh, disgusting Anyways, so the reason she actually did accept the apology, I think, is because it came from um, a conversation with the producer Bird Running Water. He is the co-chair of the Academy's Indigenous Alliance, which obviously wasn't around back then. Yeah. He was the one who reached out to her on behalf of the Academy um, and was like, come to this event that we're doing at this museum. We want, we owe you an apology. And... We want to put this past us and determine like the future in of how we represent uh, Native Americans through a more expansive, inclusive lens. So I think because, you know, as someone who was from the culture inviting her to attend, like, you know, that was probably a little bit more welcoming. And he spoke for the greater, you know, Academy, like acknowledging the wrongdoing that they did. Um, so, yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Wow. You know, at the Sears Academy Awards, if um, anything else happens for her. But, yeah, that's Marlon Brando, you guys. Like, I didn't know. I just really knew The Godfather and, like, a couple other things. And I knew about this infamous, like, Academy Award, you know, uh, refusal. But I, like, how down with the cause he was. So, good job, Marlon Brando. I know. I'm very impressed. I'm very – and I think – I think the person I'm going to be talking about yeah. should really take a few pe- pages from uh, Marlon Brando's book because... He could totally do that. Uh, like the new Marlon yeah. Brando. He really is. Yes, he is. He is. So I'm going to just kind of get really not that deep, but um, 
talk about Leonardo DiCaprio. Ever hear of him? And we did um, jokingly, you know, joke, joke, joke about his activism last time. I mean, you talked about John Muir, but he really does do some amazing work for the environment. Yeah, he does. I mean, yeah. And people joke about, you know, celebrities or anyone famous, like with a lot of money. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. You're really like an activist. You're just giving money. But like a lot of these organizations wouldn't exist without the funding from these people, actually. So even if they did just give money, but he does, you know, he does more too. But um, I think he's at a point in his career where he could be doing full on marches and like, let's get mm-hmm. him out in the streets, you know, yeah. like Oscar, like, come on, like move on now. You, you, what else is there for you, Leo? I mean, dedicate <laughs> the rest of it to the cause. <laughs> I know he's too busy with Gigi. So, you know, Don't he's a little busy right now. <laughs> one. We're going to talk about, we're going to focus on his activism. Okay. Um, okay. So he was designated as the United Nations Messenger of Peace for Climate Change in 2014. So that's like a pretty cool thing. Um, and like, first of all, I've only been to the United Nations as like, you know, a person in a tour. Yeah. Before, and I thought it was like so cool being at the United Nations. Like, I couldn't even imagine them being like, yeah, you're our messenger of peace for climate change. Like, what? If you ever have the chance to go to the United Nations, guys, do it. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, Okay, so, and it doesn't stop there. He also sits on the board of several environmental organizations, including WWF, not the wrestling, the World Wildlife Foundation, (laughs) yeah. He's not a famous wrestler. That's The Rock, okay? You're thinking of The Rock. This is Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, Also, the Natural Resources Defense Council, International Fund for Animal Welfare, Pristine Seas and Oceans 5. And in addition, he has taken a keen interest in renewable energy and is an advisor for the Solutions Project, an organization that scales up the adoption of clean power. So super into, um, I think he also just likes, you know, likes learning about the environment and then wants to get involved like in any way he can. Um, well, and being a board member, so, like, a lot of people think like being a board member is kind of just like a volunteer position, which it is, but it's like such a leadership role. You have like immense amount of influence in organizations. So right. the fact that he's oh, like, absolutely. Not- boards means like he's committed yeah and and he's definitely doing at least like zoom meetings with people like trying to figure shit out um so and i think most famously he had his oscars acceptance speech when he like finally won an oscar for um his role in the revenant have did you see that I did where he climbed inside the yeah. bathroom. <laughs> yes. 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 I did too. Traumatized. That I- really won him an Oscar. So if you if you want an Oscar, just crawl inside a bear carcass. Dead bear. And yeah. there uh, you go. I really thought he should have gotten an Oscar before that role, but uh <laughs> whatever you know. thought about his speech. I forgot that he used that. Yes, yeah. So um 
So when he was accepting his award for The Revenant in 2016, he used this platform to address the issues close to his heart. So he did kind of, he took one page from Marlon Brando's book, like Mm -hmm. use your Oscars acceptance speech in a specific way. Like let's use this platform that we have. So he said, quote, Yes, the um, quote, the revenant was about man's relationship to the natural world, the world that we collectively fell in 2015 as the hottest year in recorded history. Our production had a movie to the south, had to move, oh my God, had to move to the southernmost tip of this planet just to be able to find snow. Climate change is real. It is happening right now. It is the most urgent threat facing our entire species, and we need to work collectively together and stop procrastinating. We need to support leaders around the world who do not speak for the big polluters or the big corporations, who speak for all of humanity, for the indigenous peoples of the world, for the billions and billions of underprivileged people who will be most affected by this, for our children's children, and for those people out there whose voices have been drowned out by the politics of greed. I thank you all for this amazing award tonight. Let us not take this planet for granted. I do not take this night for granted. Yes, Leo. Yes, and so true, we have to I think that was pretty great. Yeah, we have to elect people that are gonna do something about this. You know, he can throw as much money as at the, you know, environmental change as possible, but until there's actually a leaders that are going to pass policy, right. they're going to help it, you know, so it's great that he, I he, mean, in this, in a capitalistic society where, you know, the government is run by just like whoever the richest people are, we really need to have politicians <laughs> in there, like who do not have money in oil or, you know, like money in coal, because obviously they're going to push for that. Um, you know, most of the people in our government have their money in like defense things. So, like, they want war, they like conflict, it makes them more money. So, like, the more we learn about that kind of stuff and oh, at least are open to looking more into it, like we need to be just like educated. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, like, and a brand. And Leo, like, fighting for people's children of children. He doesn't have children of his own, you know, but yeah. you no, know, he's just thinking about future generations. And I mean, like, we were saying, I think last time, like, the 90s were a big time for like, caring about the environment and like Leo came out of those times you know and I just love that that's probably when it yes. started with him and he's always you know just stuck with this cause oh my god you know he read one of those time for kids articles yeah. about like pandas or something oh my god he totally had one of those world wildlife foundation like canvas tote bags <laughs> But like, I'm so interested to see, you're right, now that he's really kind of like at the height of his career, will he continue, you know, being an actor? Will he become more of an activist? Like he, he kind of is like equal parts, I feel like right now, you know, so it'll be very interesting to watch. Yeah, I think too, yeah, as he gets older, hopefully 
he's going to get more more into that but because i mean good lord if not now when because pretty soon there's not even going to be a planet to you know be an activist on so yes and uh, I will say, that, you know, amy schumer story for another time <laughs> Amy Schumer made that joke at the last Academy Awards when she hosted about how Leo is leaving a better planet for his girlfriends. And yes, today he approved the joke ahead of time. So <laughs> that is, I mean, that was a funny joke. Like I did laugh at that because it's like, oh. yeah, he had a sense of humor. I'm glad he found that funny. He was like, probably like, hey, she's talking about the environment in whatever context. It's good with me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably that's how much of a of an activist and advocate he is for the environment. <laughs> he doesn't mind. He's the butt of the joke. Gotta love him for that. So yeah, so that is our. I mean, there's so many other, um, you know, famous celebrity activists. Yeah, that's um, just a handful. You know. and, and I did want to give a quick update, actually, um, as we're coming to the end of our series. Um, on the episode that I talked about Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta and the bill in California to support the pro uh, farm workers that was going through the legislative process, um, I think at the time we recorded that, I said that the governor had till like September 30th to sign it. And I'm proud to report back that he did sign it into law. And so now, now farm workers can have elections and not be intimidated and they can vote by mail and for their union representation. So it was a big deal. Like up here, there was like several like concerts happening in support there was like a big um i don't know like setup on next to the capitol i live kind of close to there so i walk around there a lot that had like tents and people out there and they had this like box that they were collecting pens for the governor to sign the bill which was great you know so <laughs> i signed a petition that day because i was like i have to call the governor or like sign find something to do something and then i found out like hours later that it had passed so um i just also wanted to do a plug like it's very easy to be involved in your legislative process you can call your representative you can sign something that's usually already pre-written by like an organization uh, you can send an email, like that's really all it takes. So um, don't be scared to call. Usually you're just talking to a freaking aide who um, just like writes down, has to write down what you call about and has to count that. So, um, yes. <laughs> wow. I know. Yeah. Do what you can find out. I mean, it doesn't take that much of a little Googling on your phone to figure out like, okay, what, what caused even are there out there what do you what are you willing to give even like five bucks a month or something to absolutely um, yeah sign a petition make a call donate some money um it's very easy to get involved if you don't have like the time or the resources like some of these celebrities um you can still make a difference so yeah so go out and be an advocate for something for something let us know. Let us know what you like to advocate for. Yes. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Yes. Yeah, this is a great yeah. series. Um, we talked about some really important people, some really important causes. So uh, maybe next series we'll do something a little lighter. Not sure, but <laughs> let I us know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Love you. Bye.